Guru Nation, welcome to episode 426 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, we talk about five strategies that sites can use to get more studies for themselves. Uh, this was taken from our Site Owner Academy, one of our weekly sessions. If you're interested in being part of the Site Owner Academy as part of our package deal for also uh, joining our CRC Academy for your staff, as well as six months of our services uh, for getting studies and helping you set up your site and negotiate budgets and things like that text me 949-415-6256 also check out the books uh the comprehensive guide to clinical research link link to that is in the show notes check out the patreon channel patreon.com slash link to that in the show notes that is a really fun group we do monthly mastermind meetings with everybody from patreon most people are in life sciences uh, and then we hold each other accountable and talk about ways that we can get more opportunities for ourselves and our businesses and our personal careers it's only five bucks a month so patreon.com slash with all that being said enjoy this episode five strategies for sites to get more studies it's a good one five strategies I mean, it's hard to see the five, but five strategies. Uh, that clinical five. Research. It could be a three. Well, it's because I know the slides. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, guys, that's a, a five. Okay. So, first of all, welcome everybody to the Site Owner Academy. Uh, we record these every week on the Site Owner Academy, and then we stop the recording and we stop the Instagram live. So that we can share amongst ourselves as site owners. But if you have questions on Instagram, uh, put them in the comments. We're talking about today in the Site Owner Academy, we're talking five strategies that clinical research sites can use to get more studies. Chris, we spent like three hours on, on the calls today talking about this, but it's not really about five strategies, but more about just general strategies but these are going to be you know carlos made really good slides so let me know in the comments what you guys think also about these five strategies that clinical research sites can use to get more studies so uh thank you chris so we can go to the next slide i'd like so, to add to your previous statement uh those yeah. three hours of phone calls gave me a headache just pulling that out there yeah, three hours of phone calls. You know, I didn't even, we did so many calls, I didn't have time to do my Peloton this morning, but uh, I will do it later. Got to do that. Got to do the Peloton. That's right. So uh, before we get too sidetracked, hello, everybody from Instagram. So, okay, every site should be looking for ways to get new studies. This is, I mean, it's obvious, but it's amazing how often we have conversations with sites where they're really their only tactic for getting studies is relying on on former clients uh, former sponsors to reach out to them i mean first of all there's a couple problems with that number one not everybody can afford that luxury there are new sites out there there are newer sites that can't rely on that luxury so that that strategy is not really helpful uh, and also, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities because if you're only dealing with the sponsors that know you, maybe that's what, like 2% of the market? You're still missing out on 
98% of the market, or I don't know what the numbers are, but you're missing out on the majority of the market, right? Well, that, but you're, very, you're very much limiting yourself to future trials. If those 2% of sponsors or CROs you know, if they run out of pipeline for their studies, that means you have none. Right. Exactly. Exactly right. So every site should be looking for ways to get new studies. There are many paid services that offer sites access to future studies. We have one. You know, we charge a monthly fee. There's brokers out there. I don't like brokers. Brokers make you broker. That's one thing I told two clients today. Um, but there are some good ones, but most of them are not. Uh, and there are also five highly effective and free strategies. That's the best part of this is free. Okay, five free strategies that every site should take advantage of to get more studies. So let's see so what we, those are. Well, hang on. Before, before we move along, I, I do have to say that was very funny. That's the first thing you said that brokers make you broker. I cracked up. So did the couple different uh, phone calls that we're talking to. They laughed too. Well, but, I can't take credit. I can't take credit. I got that from uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But to be fair, I think there are a, a few good brokers out there. They're just few and far between. My opinion, right? Like, yeah. um, they're not all bad, but no. it's tough to find a good one. They're not all bad, exactly. Exactly right. All right, on we go. Um, I'm actually, like, there's five free and highly effective strategies. I'm like, I can't wait. to. Can you please move the slot? Okay, there we go. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what these are. So become a preferred site. Chris, you always talk about preferred sites to clients. How does one become a preferred site? To a sponsor. Well, this does not work for any new sites. You're not going to be a preferred site if you're new to the business. You have to establish uh, a rapport, a relationship, a good chemistry with the sponsor. And the way you do this is by working on previous trials with them and, and demonstrating that you can both provide quality data as well as numbers in terms of recruitment. Um, those are the two primary aspects in which you become preferred site. So until you develop that with a sponsor, and obviously you have to do this by working with them, um, you will not be a preferred site. But once you are a preferred site, they come to you with almost any trial they even think you're remotely capable of doing. We've been a the site that Dan and I own, we've been preferred sites before for sponsors. Right. And they come to us with studies we can't do. I mean, just can't do. Hey, do you want this study? We'll give it to you. I mean, it's essentially the dialogue. And it's like, yeah, we, we can't get patients for that study. Uh, that's just not going to work for us. And they'll ask, are you sure? It's like, yeah, we, we can't get patients for that study. We don't want it. So they, they will actually push studies on you if you're a preferred site of their preferred vendor for them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely great. But again, if you're, if you're new to the business, this isn't going to happen for you. Right. But that's one one way, and it's it's free for those sites that are um, more experienced and have worked with sponsors. And you can actually ask them, like if you just did a really good job with a sponsor, you can ask them, hey, am I a preferred site? Are we considered a preferred site for you guys? Maybe they have a formal process you have to go through, uh, and some don't, right? Some will just put you on a list. Others will have a more formal process, like they'll have to audit you, uh, and all that stuff. So once you pass the audit, then you're good to go. 
So there's, you know, just ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. That's uh, true of everything. I mean, ask uh, your CREs all the time if there's any other studies that are uh, recruiting sites for that your site might be interested in. So that might be one of the five. But we'll find out. Yeah, I don't even know what the five are. Let's see. Yeah, here's, I can't here's wait. What's all the right, second slide. Yeah. Scientific liaisons. Ah, one of my favorites. So this is going to be helpful for the sites that have, um, like, a hybrid site. So a site that is affiliated with or directly inside of a private practice. Okay, so, you know, most doctor's offices, private practice, they'll have sales reps come through the office and they'll bring sandwiches I think right now during COVID, they're visiting with masks and they're, they're still bringing lunch. So even during this pandemic, they're still doing this. Okay. But these sales reps are great. It's free lunch for the staff. Basically the, the drug companies are sending these sales reps out so that they can, uh, get the doctor, encourage the doctor to prescribe more. But basically what you want to do is you want to reach out if you're doing research. You want to talk to your sales reps that come into your office and tell them, hey, introduce me, please, to your scientific liaison. Okay. And these are the people, they're like the bridge between sales and R&D at drug companies. And usually every region, every territory has one. They're usually a pharmacist. Okay. These are also the same people who could make your physician and your PI a key opinion leader, at least for their particular drug or their company. So um, you want to reach out to these scientific liaisons and tell them that you do research and that you would like to participate in more research studies with their drug company. Uh, it's a long process because they're not going to come the next day and visit your site. They're going to send somebody out. Sometimes the scientific liaison themselves will come out, tour your site, and then if they like you and they like your site and they think they have a study that might match, they're going to put you on a list. Now, that that study may not start for a year or the study may start in like a month. It just depends. It depends on timing. You have no control over that timing, but you do have control over doing this. And it's amazing how many sites don't actually do this. This is hidden opportunities in your site through indirectly through your sales reps that come in regularly and they actually want to be a help to you, right? They want, because they want the doctor to like them. So that's that. What do you think about this, Chris? You've met with many sales reps in your day. Oh yeah. And scientific liaisons as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to add. They're definitely a resource for, for bringing studies to your site. Um, Matter of fact, this is this is definitely a route which a research naive site can can venture into to bring studies to their site. Um, unlike the, the previous example, um, I'm sure if, if you're seeing patients uh, in clinic, um, most likely have uh, drug reps coming to your site. Just get them up to connect you with. Well, as a matter of fact, you don't even need to ask them about the scientific studies. On you just ask them. If they can bring help bring a study to your site, if not, can they put you in touch with the scientific liaison or somebody else that could be of help in that regard? And if you have a good relationship with that drug rep, they're, they're going to go out of their way to help you. 
That's right. So you guys need to be doing this, Rod, especially you guys with active sites. And and if your site is not inside a private practice, let's say your PI has a private practice, but it's separate, you know, it's not physically in the same location as the research site. Well, you, as the site owner, need to find out from the receptionist of that private practice when the sales reps are scheduled to come in, and you need to make yourself available. You need to go to that doctor's office and tell them, hey, I'm going to come because I want to meet the sales reps because I want to talk to their scientific liaison. So you, if your site is not, if the private practice is not on site, you need to go to them. All right, that's that's the strategy for those sites. Uh, next slide, because these are two out of five. So let's see. Uh, search for key figures. Okay, so you can look through clinicaltrials.gov for people who may have information about ongoing or upcoming studies for your site. You can use things like Zymewire, where you pay for it. Okay, so everything's free. Clinicaltrials.gov is free. If you want to navigate it easier, you can use this thing called Zymewire. You have to pay for that, but it can connect you to decision makers within CRO and sponsor organizations. So Dan, you used to have a term for this. What 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 do you used to call doing this? Uh, dialing for dollars. Yeah. So, so now it's in the digital age, you know. Sure, uh, sure. But it's still it's still kind of applied. So it's it's a lot of work with little success. You will you will you will have a success here and there, but it's a lot of work for limited success, in my opinion. Yeah, it's more fail much more failure than uh success but if you don't have many studies right now or your research naive or your research naive you don't really have an excuse because you have clinicaltrials.gov and you could literally sit all day and send a hundred emails a day on clinicaltrials.gov and if you do that every day for a month you will get a study there's just no way that that won't happen, okay? The problem is most people don't do a hundred a day; they do like two a day for a week, and then they give up because yeah, they say nobody's replying back. Well, guess what? From those hundred you send a day, almost none of them are going to reply back, right? Yep. You just got to keep doing it. So, yep. and then also, I would say, so if we're talking about searching for key figures, all right, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is another free way to do it. Right. Everybody can get a LinkedIn account. You can type in, you can search for the same people you find on clinicaltrials.gov when they have decision makers, like sometimes they'll have their names. You can actually go on LinkedIn and find these people, network with them there. Or sometimes they don't have the names. Well, you can look up clinical trial director for AbbVie on LinkedIn or whatever city that person is in. Okay. You can actually find this information. Find these people on LinkedIn. It's never been easier than in 2020. All right. The technology is the same as it was in 2015, but I would say it's even easier because most people are still working from home now. And so people are on LinkedIn more. I mean, this is proven. People are online more now. Uh, so that's a really good way to go about it. it again, it takes time. But just like anything else, takes time to get in shape too, right? It's not it's not complicated. It's easy, but it uh, it's simple but not easy. 
No, it's it's simple and easy. It just doesn't produce quickly. Right, right. It's like losing weight, right? It's simple and easy. Cut calories, exercise. But it takes a lot of time. That's right. Let's see it takes discipline and it takes consistency day in and day yep. out. Yep. I want to All ask right. you about your platonic. Uh, don't know what that is, but, uh, oh, Peloton. My Peloton, so somebody's asking, Rod is asking on Instagram about my Peloton. The Peloton's awesome, Rod. If you want a referral code, I will get you one. You get $100 off. Uh, it's amazing. Alright. And Chris and I just bought some Peloton stock today. Uh, next slide. And I'll put, I'll put it in my stories. Uh, I try to put it in my stories when I'm on Peloton. I don't want to do it every day because I'm on Peloton every day. I don't want to put it every day on my story. But, you know, if it's a good workout, I'm feeling it, I'll share it to my story. Okay, number four, mine your contacts. This is, again, very important. Everybody has a sphere of influence. Everybody, all right? And this is kind of related to the sales rep thing. Like, if you're a doctor... If if you take me right now, Chris, to a, a doctor's private practice, let's say this doctor has no research experience, okay? But this doctor does private practice. He's got a huge practice, okay? Or let's make it a she. She's got a huge practice, right? Lots of sales reps coming through, but no research experience. If all you do as a site owner is talk to each of those sales reps on a regular basis, ask to introduce to the scientific liaison, eventually you will get a study. Even if that's all you do, you can ignore all these other things. Sure. Right? I mean, I would take it a step further. I would I would ask that CRA, hey, or not CRA, sorry, uh, pharmacy rep, <clears throat> do they know any studies that I could do? I'm interested in research, just have a conversation. And then... And you connect me with everybody in your sphere of influence that might know of studies and, and such. I mean, you, you could go full on, right? It doesn't have exactly. to be just, just scientific liaisons. It could be anybody and everybody in your network, right, that works for your company, your pharmacy company, pharmaceutical company. 100%. Um, yeah, exactly. absolutely agree. Now, there's other contexts, too. Like, let's say you have done studies in the past. Well, you have current CRAs, like you discussed, Chris. You always ask the CRA, hey, you know, because remember, these CRAs, they come to your site with blinders on, okay? Like, yep. they're just, they just want to get their report done. They're not looking yep. at anything else. They're just, like, tunnel vision, right? Yep. But you, yep. want, you want to take these blinders off and say, hey, CRA, we love what you're doing, but we're, like, we're a business. And we need more studies. Do you know of any more studies? Sometimes they could recommend you uh, as a site, or other times they could say, "No, I don't have any." But here's my lead. You know, here's my project manager. He's in charge of all this stuff. And so, just do that. Do more of that. Uh, another way is to network with people on LinkedIn or social media like Instagram. Right? Network with the people in the comments here i mean there's like we've had like nine people so far uh, 10 people but many more are going to watch the replay so whoever left the comment hit them up say hey do you you know can we share study leads can you're a site in indiana 
I'm a site in LA. Let's share studies. You're a site in Florida. I'm a site in El Centro, California. Let's share study leads. This is a way to do it. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it on LinkedIn. You can do it on Facebook. There's groups on Facebook. There's a big one called Clinical Research Memes that I got kicked out of a few times, but I'm back in. Somehow I'm back in. I'm back in business and I'm starting watch parties. Uh, so yeah, let's see if they ban me, but basically network. What with you people. Out for? What's that? What'd you get banned or kicked out for? Uh, sharing too many videos. I don't know. Like, okay. I, I don't understand how that's possible. It's not spam. It's, it's uh, interviews. So now what I've done is started watch parties on Facebook. You could start a watch party with a group. So I think I'm okay now. I think it's like, I don't know. It works. Yeah, but that's not about me, guys. This is about uh, you guys. Okay, so you go on Facebook, go on these groups, network with people, go on LinkedIn, network with them. Twitter, even Twitter has a huge clinical research community. You just search for hashtags and start talking to people. You can talk to the director of research at Pfizer on Twitter or the former director of research at Pfizer, Craig Lipset. This is what I did in 2010. And I, I had Craig Lipset on my show a bunch of times, but that was from Twitter. These people are accessible on Twitter. Maybe they're getting hundreds of emails a day, but only a few tweets a day. So, you know, you got to think about, you know, how to, how to do things differently. All right. So that's one thing, mining your contacts and networking. Um, and the second bullet point, it is better to connect with CRO and sponsor personnel through social platforms because some will change companies throughout their career. Exactly right. So if your CRA comes to your site and you like her, don't assume that, okay, I have her email now, so we're good, and I have her cell phone number, so we're okay. Because guess what? The turnover is really high for CRAs, and those business cards they give you with their email address and their phone number are corporate number and a corporate email. So when they go to another company, let's say they go from Ikevia to Covance, Guess what? Her email and her phone number don't work anymore. So it's like you don't know her. All right. It's like you never knew her unless you connect with them on LinkedIn. These days, most people have a LinkedIn. If you really get along with them, ask them what's their Facebook or Instagram. Right. Because everybody has a LinkedIn, but not everyone is uh, active. Or like Chris said, yeah, personal email. Hey, what's your personal email? Although that's a little more weird to ask. You know, like it's more acceptable, I think, to ask what's your LinkedIn or your Instagram. Well, uh, because people don't really question why you're asking for that, but when you ask for personal email, they're kind of weirded out. So, not to go off on a tangent here, but I'm going to. Um, a lot of these CREs are very lonely. They spend a lot of time in the air and at sites, and they don't really have much human interaction. Um, yeah, a lot of them get very talkative, so you become very friendly with some of these CREs, and. Right. It's not it's not as odd as Dan's making it out as far as getting more personal information. Um, sure. you know, I've had CRA share pictures of their newborn babies with me through their personal email. So, um, okay. yeah, I, I, it depends on your relationship, of course. Somebody you barely know, yes, it'd be odd to ask for their their personal <laughs> email. But less odd for like their LinkedIn, right? Right. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. No, next slide. Next slide, I guess it's the, I lost track, but maybe this is the fifth one. Conferences, okay. 
So virtual or physical, because now we're living in the age of COVID. All right. So virtual or physical uh, conferences are a great way to get to know people that can get you more studies. You can let them know about some of the studies that your site has participated in. Virtual conferences may be the new normal during the COVID-19 pandemic. They can still connect you to other research professionals. Look, we have our own virtual conference. We have every month. I don't know if you guys know this. You have to subscribe to the blog. This is why, guys, this is why I'm going to just go off track here uh, on a tangent, Chris. This is why you guys on Instagram, and uh, I'm going to eventually put this on YouTube, you complain when you miss a webinar or, or, or a monthly Guru Nation hangout. Well, I can't, there's no way for me to blast it on these platforms. The algorithm may not show, you know, that I'm having a, a meetup. You have to subscribe to the email list. It's theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Hello, Ashley. How's it going? Theclinicaltrialsguru.com. You have to subscribe. You get notified. There's tons of these virtual meetups. It's not just mine. Of course, I'm going to push mine, but there's others. You can join a virtual conference every week if you wanted to. All right. And then when physical conferences come back, which they probably will in the summer of next year, uh, start going to those. You know, be strategic because those are costly. The virtual conferences are free. Right, so you don't need to be as strategic. But you network with these people and then everybody that you meet at these conferences, like mine, the Guru Nation one, is very laid back. People talk to each other, people are on the last one, we're sharing emails with each other. And guess what? These are now sites that are gonna share studies with one another. I mean, it's just we're all in this together. Even if you are in the same city, you can still collaborate. Right? Like there's plenty of studies out there. It's not a zero-sum game, especially with the virtual trials, right? Uh, there is more studies out there than we actually have sites that are willing and qualified to participate in. So, And then Rod saying the clinical trials experts on Facebook. I don't even know that one. I'm going to have to join that one and maybe work on getting kicked out of that one too, okay? But I'm going to join that one. Um, one of the biggest mistakes we made, Chris – we did a lot of things right with marketing, but one of the biggest mistakes we made was not have a Facebook group. Okay, we created pages, but we never created a group, and the groups are where the action is, but I'm not going to yeah. do that right now. It's just we're too late to that, you know, too late to that game. It's better to go into other people's groups, but I'm like you guys. I'm going in other groups, networking with people, um, networking with other sites, LinkedIn, Instagram. You know, there's a lot on social media that you can do. But conferences, just know conferences are great. Right now there's a lot of virtual conferences. By 2021, there's going to be physical conferences again. And I think that was the last strategy, last of the fifth. So, hey, everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, and also go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, you can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. 
Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.